We're in a dark world. Amen. And I'm going to talk about that today, but not just the darkness. I'm going to talk about a light at midnight. If you were to ask me spiritually, what time is it in America? What time is it in the world? You know what I would say? 11.59. That's what I would say. It's 11.59. It's about one minute before midnight when the Great Tribulation will cover the earth. But we're in a moment of incredible opportunity to reach people with the gospel of Christ. Because, listen, when it's the darkest, the light shines the brightest. Amen? So I'm going to read one verse. It's just one verse, and so it's so easy. I want you to read it with me. You're going to recognize this. And there went my lights. You never know what's going to happen around here. Amen. Let there be light. All right? Let's read it together. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Can we do it one more time? Your word is a lamp to what? My feet. And a light to what? My path. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing today. Speak to us out of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let the light shine through you. Amen. Now this passage is taken from a really unique psalm. There's 150 psalms, but this is, this is for sure, um, in my opinion, the most unique one. Uh, it, it's the longest chapter in the whole Bible, Psalms 119. It's 176 verses long. That's a long chapter. Don't ever tell me you memorized Psalms 119. I'm not going to believe you. <laughs> Amen? Uh, and if you look at it closely, it's divided into 22 parts. You'll, you'll be cooking along, and you'll go through eight verses, and it'll stop, and it'll have a little mark that you don't recognize because it's a Hebrew letter. And that marks the beginning of the next section of eight verses. And if you add them all up, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, each section begins with a Hebrew letter starting with Aleph, A, and ending with Tau, the T, the last letter, And that's how Psalms 119 is laid out. It's very, very unique. And so today, in the 105th verse, we're going to find something that I really want us to get a hold of today, that I think is going to speak to us. The entire psalm is dedicated to the Word of God. That's why I love it. It's really, a, it's by the Holy Spirit, of course, but it's a work of genius because every verse is about the Bible somehow, some way. It praises God's word or gives an exhortation to walk in God's word or teaches reverence for God's word or prayers that God's word would spread, which I pray regularly. Uh, and it also contains complaints about the wicked for despising God's Word. But every verse contains something about the Word of God. And so the 105th verse that we're in today, is, the, is uh, it starts with the 14th letter of the Hebrew alphabet N, the letter for N. 
It praises God's word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And that's the message of the 105th verse. And I can't think of a verse that's more relevant than that one for the day that we're living in. Because every day we walk up to a very dark world that I'm going to talk about in a moment. But 105th verse praises God's word as a light. I want you to know when you open up this Bible, I've got somebody gave me a Bible one time and you open it up and there's, and, and it's carved out. The pages are, a bunch of the pages are, are cut out and in it is a little light so that when you open it, the light comes on, shines into your face. Now that's the way I see the word of God. When you open up these pages, light shines on you immediately. The light of God's word. Your word is a lamp. Your word is a light. And it lights my path. And it, and it shines in front of me for the steps that I take. Now, when you look at the 105th verse, it immediately assumes something. It assumes it's dark out. Or else, why do you need a light? Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Well, if his word is a light, why do I need a light? Because it's dark out. And so it immediately assumes or puts us in the context of being in a dark world. You don't need a lamp or a light unless you're walking in the dark. And then you need a lamp. And then you need a light. Especially if you're walking down a dark path, you want to be sure you don't step on a poisonous snake. You want to be sure you don't fall into a pit. You want to be sure you don't get lost in the woods. And so you need that light shining in front of you each and every hour of each and every day for safety. The word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, and it is my safety. It is my safety. Now, I want to tell you that our world is a dark place. Now, I love God's creation. I, I always marvel at God's creation. I've always loved God's creation. I love the, the vegetation. I love the birds, the animals. I, I really love what God created. But spiritually speaking, we wake up every day in a dark world. Spiritually speaking, it's dark. I want you to listen to what the Bible says about the world you woke up in today and you're going to walk out into when church is over. Here's this world. John writes in the Gospel of John that when Jesus came, quote, eternal life was in him and this life gave light. Everybody say light. Jesus' life gave light to all mankind. His life is the light that shines through the darkness. And the darkness will never conquer the light. Amen. Now, as John writes that, what darkness is he talking about? Because uh, right now it's light, physically speaking. But he says, when Jesus came into the world, he was a light that pierced and penetrated darkness. Well, he's talking about spiritual darkness. That's what he's talking about. The darkness of lostness, the darkness of spiritual blindness. Paul wrote, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. 
Now listen to the verbiage here. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Look at the words in that verse. Blinded, they cannot see. What is that talking about? That there is a spiritual blindness on people put there by Satan so that they walk about in the dark, though it's light out. The the sun is shining, but spiritually they're in a place of darkness. And it is gross darkness. Spiritual blindness is the worst blindness of all because you can't see where you're going. You don't know where you're going. You can't see the path in front of you. You think everything is all right, but it's not because you're blind. Spiritual darkness, that's the kind of darkness the Bible talks about. Blinded, unable to see, in the dark. And the Bible says the human race lives in this spiritual darkness. Everybody out there, outside of Christ, right now, are walking around in spiritual darkness. They can't see. The Bible says, Proverbs 2.13, Men turn from God's ways to walk down dark and evil paths. That's the path of man. That's what we do. Without God, without Christ, we turn from God and we invariably go down a dark and an evil path that is against God, against His Word, against what is right. And that's the nature of fallen man. 1 John 5.19 says the world is like this. We know, says John, that we are children of God and that all the rest of the world around us listen to this, is under Satan's power and control. That's where our world is right now. I wish I could paint a better better picture for you, but this is why Jesus had to come. Why? Because the whole world is under Satan's power and control. Jesus didn't come to walk around in sandals with long hair looking like a Hollywood movie actor uh, to say neat things. No, Jesus came on a rescue mission. Jesus came on a rescue mission. He came to rescue us from darkness that we could not find our way through. He came to rescue us from sin we could not take ourselves away from. It was a rescue mission. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. How do you get lost? You get lost in the dark. You don't know where you're going. Jesus said that mankind not only lives in darkness but loves the darkness. Let me read it to you. Jesus said God's light came into the world. And he said, I'm the light of the world. So he's talking about himself. He said God's light came into the world, but look how people responded. People loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil, and they didn't want their actions exposed. So Jesus said, I came as a light, and I came right into your darkness But when I came into the darkness, you rejected me because you loved the darkness. So not only are we in it, but when you're lost, you love it. You love the sin. You love the rebellion. You love doing your own thing, going your own way. We all did. Now here's what Jesus said. He he warned of the spiritual darkness. He said, watch out. He said, I'm going to urge you to take advantage of the light while the light is with you. Jesus said, My light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. 
Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Jesus said to the people of his day, he said, I'm with you. I'm here, but I'm not always going to be here. And you better take advantage of me while I'm here. You better respond to the light while you can. Because the day is going to come, I'm not here. And when the light is taken away, darkness rushes in. As we just saw a minute ago when we lost our lights. That was just God helping me with this message. Because what happens when light goes? The minute the light is gone, darkness rushes in. And Jesus said, while I'm here, take advantage of me. Take advantage of the light. Because the day's coming, they're going to crucify me, and I'm going to be taken away from you, at least here on this earth. And the darkness is going to overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness can't even see where they're going. And I was thinking about this verse this morning when I was going over this message before coming to church. And I was thinking, you know, for them, it was Jesus being there in person. But for us, for mankind, for men and women and boys and girls across the nation, when they hear the gospel, the light shines. The gospel is a light. It's the power of God to salvation. Unto all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Greek means everybody not a Jew. That means us. He said, he said, when you have the light, when God knocks on the door of your heart, when you're having a moment of conviction, when the Lord is seeking entrance into your life, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Respond to it. Because if you turn away, you turn away into darkness. If you reject the light that Christ brings, you're wandering into the dangerous darkness of spiritual blindness and you can't see where you're going now people will say to me oh i know exactly what i'm doing exactly where i'm going if you're not walking with jesus yeah you may know how to uh, go to work earn a living come home raise a family fix a broken down car uh, store up a retirement fund you may know how to do all of that but listen if you don't know him you're groping in the dark If you don't know him, you're in the dark. That's what Jesus said. You're in the dark. My light will shine for you just a little bit longer. The conviction of sin in your life that the Holy Ghost is bringing may last a little bit longer. But if you don't respond and you walk away, Jesus said darkness will overtake you, will engulf you, will blind you and set you up for a catastrophe. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. When I came into the world, I was like a huge light. You know, we've all been going down the highway and we've seen those incredibly powerful spotlights shining up into the sky. Some new company or new business opening up and and they use those really powerful spotlights. But take that and multiply it times a thousand and you got when Christ came. He shined into the dark. He cut through the dark. He was a light that came into the world. I'm the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. So everybody say with me, the world out there is spiritually dark. But it's not only spiritually dark, it's morally dark. It's morally dark. As a matter of fact, when there is spiritual darkness in a place, moral darkness is always right behind it. I'm going to say that again, because listen, we need a revelation, everybody. We need to wake up and see what's going on in our country and in our world. 
I want you to listen carefully to me. Watch this. God has given us clear, non-negotiable, unchanging moral guidelines in his word for our own protection. God didn't give us moral guidelines to be a party pooper. That's not why he did it, so you can't have any fun. He gave moral guidelines to protect you. And in the Ten Commandments, for instance, the first four are God word, having to do with your relationship with God. But the next six, the last six, are man word, and they are moral commandments. Here they are. Honor your father and your mother. That's a moral commandment. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie about your neighbor. Don't lust for what somebody else has. These are moral laws given by God to protect us and the society that we live in. Any decent law in our nation right now came somewhere from the Ten Commandments. God said, here's my moral law, and I'm giving it to you. It's irrefutable, undeniable, non-negotiable, never changes, and it's good for every society, every civilization, every culture, in every place. They're always the same. They are fixed like the stars in heaven. Now, the Bible and history reveal that when a nation or a person rejects God, the very first thing that goes south is their morals. I'm going to say that again. When a nation or a person rejects God, the very first thing that goes south is their morals. Maybe I need to say it one more time. When when a person or a nation rejects the word of God and turns from the will of God and walks away from God, the first thing to go south is the morals. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1 about a civilization that walked away from God and was soon plunged into moral darkness. I want you to listen to Paul's description. Now, Romans 1 is not the most popular text to preach in all the world, and a lot of people won't touch it because they don't want to lose people from their church. But I think you gain people when you stay with the Word of God. So, so let me just read it. Here it is. Romans 1.21. Yes, he's describing the civilization of the past now. Yes, they knew God. They knew God. But they wouldn't worship Him as God, and they wouldn't even thank Him. They wouldn't even look up to thank God for what He had done for them. So thanksgiving went out the window. Acknowledging Him went away. Suppressing the truth of Him came in. And it says they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. In other words, they they created their own God. If you don't want to worship the real God, you'll create your own. I don't recognize the Jesus some people preach. When I look at the Jesus in the New Testament, I don't recognize him at all. He's a new Jesus. He's not the Bible Jesus. Now it says, as a result, as a result of what? Not worshiping him and not thanking him, their minds became dark and confused. Listen to this, everybody. Please catch this. What happened? They began to pay a price in their mind, in their thinking. They developed stinking thinking. Are you ready? Watch this now. It affected their mind. It affected their mind. They became dark in their thinking. In other words, lost their way in their thinking. They became confused. Which way is up? Which way is down? Which way is right? Which way is left? 
I'm confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Now look at those words. What happens when a nation or a person walks away from God? They become dark in their thinking. They become confused in their thinking. And they think they're smart and wise to walk away from God. But they end up playing the fool. Oh, there is such a price to pay to walk away from God. You want to know where wisdom is found? It's not found in the universities. It's found right here. Here, Here's where wisdom is found. This is the wisdom of God. You give me somebody with an IQ of 80 and let me fill them with the word of God and they will be more wise than a person with an IQ of 160 that rejects God. Because you can be super smart and make stupid decisions. Come on, everybody. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you a question now. Looking at our nation, looking at the world, are we morally dark? Are we morally confused? Are we being foolish morally? Look what happens next. So God abandoned them. Oh, those are frightening words. God abandoned them. God God said, this is what you want? You don't want me? You want to kick me out of your schools, kick me out of the government, kick me out of the workplace, kick me out of the sporting arena? You want to kick me out of the public square? Okay. The time will come when God says, go for it. It's all yours. Have fun. Sayonara. Adios. God abandoned them. Are you seeing that in your Bible like I am? I'm just reading the Bible. What did they abandon them? What did they do when they were abandoned? To do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Moral depravity, moral chaos, moral confusion set into this civilization that Paul is talking about. This is a graphic description of the moral anarchy and depravity that comes upon a nation that walks away from God. He said, Pastor Jeff, I came today to get a blessed message. You're being heavy on me. Let me tell you something. The church needs to understand what I'm reading right now because we're watching this happen in our country right now. And this is why we're taking the gospel everywhere we can, as fast as we can, to as many people as we can. Because when you say, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, you have turned on a light. You have turned on a light. Moral anarchy. Moral depravity, moral confusion, moral darkness came into the civilization. So I ask you, are we there today as a nation? In my opinion, we're sinking, sinking in moral darkness and confusion as I speak. Give me some examples. I got to say it. I prayed about this. Lord, do I really go here? It's going on radio everywhere. Um, but I really felt. It's got to be said. Because you know why? The sheep of God's pasture, many of them are being deceived by the gut rot that's out there. And so i got to tell you the truth. Here it is. Yeah, we're sinking in moral depravity against all science, common sense, and rational thought. If I were only... 
take the Bible out, take my faith out. If I were a rational atheist, I could not go with what the world is telling us is true. Uh, based on common sense. Against all science, common sense, and rational thought. America has decided that if a man wants to identify as a woman, it's actually a fact. It's a fact. He is a woman. Simply by identifying as such. And if you don't agree, you're a bigot. No matter that to the day he dies, he's going to have XY chromosomes. And every cell in his body testifies that he's male. There was a day if you insisted you were something you weren't, they took you for help. And against all science, common sense, and rational thought, if a man decides to identify as a woman, he can compete as a woman in women's sports. Even though, undeniably, he has a man's superior strength because he doesn't have XX chromosomes, he's got XY. And XY is in every cell in his body. And XY gives him superior strength. Sorry, ladies, it's just true. But see, we're supposed to overlook that and deny that and watch women get cheated in female sports because we are forced to agree with a falsehood. If I've got a daughter in one of those schools and she is a great swimmer and she's going up against a man saying he's a woman, I'm taking my girl out of that school and we're going to go somewhere else. Amen? Now here's the sad part. Furthermore, today in America, if a little boy of eight years old or so, somewhere in there, decides he's actually a girl, some courts in America, such as recently in Oregon, are requiring the parents to address him with female pronouns. And if they don't, there's consequences. When I was eight years old, I was playing with marbles. I was skating down the street. I was putting playing cards on my bicycle spokes so I could sound like a motorcycle. The last thing I was thinking about was, am I a boy or am I a girl? But see, there's a brainwashing going on in our schools now. And it's wicked and it's evil. The good news is there is protection from this madness. I'm going to say it again. There's protection from this madness. And what is the protection? It's the word of God. Listen to what Solomon wrote about God's word and the benefits of walking in it. Proverbs 3. My son, don't ever let wisdom, the wisdom of God's word, out of your sight. Hold on to wisdom and discernment. They will bring you a long life filled with honor. Did you catch that? As you go through life, if you have... Let wisdom, not let wisdom, out of your sight. If you stay in the Word, as you go through life, you will always be safe and never fall. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you rest, your sleep will be peaceful. 
He, God, will not let you fall into harm. You will not step into a trap. Even if you run, you will not trip and fall. Always remember this teaching from God's Word. Don't forget it. It's the key to life. Come on, everybody. Now, one last thing about this text. So it's dark out there because it's spiritually dark out there. It's morally dark. That's what's happening in our country. We don't have a political problem per se. We have a spiritual problem. And the only way to fix it is light. Bright light. Shining light. Confrontational light. Aggressive light. That's the only way. Now, last thing about this verse. God cares more about your next step than your next mile. Listen carefully to me. His word is a lamp to your feet. Shining so you can safely see in your next step. I brought closest thing I could find to a lantern. It's fancy. I stole it from the house. Don't tell Cindy. (laughs) But this is a lantern. Now look, here it is. Now, if I had this and it was dark in here, all it would help me with is what's right in front of me. His word is a lamp to my feet. My next step. And it's a light to my path. You see, steps lead to miles, but the most important thing is your next step, not your next mile. Because your next step is going to decide where you end up in your next mile. Are you with me? That that next decision, that next move. Every single day we wake up to a day that's going to offer us the opportunity to make a thousand decisions, to take a thousand steps. And, And the Bible didn't say his word is a lamp to your path a mile down the road. No, it's a lamp to your feet. Because here I am, I'm walking along in this dark, morally corrupt world. Temptations coming from everywhere. And I'm taking my steps and I'm walking down the path. And I go, oh, that's a snake. And not just any snake, that's a rattler. Better avoid it. And I'm walking down the path. And the light is shining on my path. I say, oh, look there. That's a great big pit in the path. So I avoid the horrible pit and the miry clay. And and I'm walking along. Now listen, those of you that have gotten away from God, you've drifted some, how do you get back? Grab the Word of God. Grab the Word of God. Because, yeah, you drifted and now you're in the dense forest and you don't know where to go. But you hold this out in front of you. His word is a lamp to my feet. And all you do is look for a little bit. And there's the path. There's the narrow road. There's the one that leads to life. And, and the, the word will take you right back to it and get you right back on it. Every believer ought to walk up, wake up this way. I'm heading straight for the word of God. I'm going to grab my lantern for the day. And I'm going to use it with every step I take. Let me ask you. How do you handle decision-making? How do you go about making the major decisions of your life? What's the process for you? Do you search out God's Word? What does the Word of God say about this? What's the light, the lantern showing me? Or do you rely solely on your heart and instincts? 
If you rely solely on your heart and instincts and don't go to the lamp for your guidance, it's not wise. You know why? Because we so easily go the wrong way. There is a way that people think is right, Proverbs 14, 12, but it leads only to death. So David prayed this way. Watch this, and I'm closing. David made this a prayer. I've prayed this a thousand times in my life. Order all my steps. Listen to this. Order all my steps. My next step. My every step. Help me to make all my choices in keeping with the counsel of your word. The short version, order my steps in your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Now, now look, what, look what came first. Look what came first. Order my steps in your word. This is a man or a woman being guided by the lamp, guided by the word. And if you do that, no iniquity will have dominion over you. And now what it said? So in a very, very dark and perverted and wicked generation, you shine as children of light. You shine as children of light. You're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Can we stand together? This morning I got up. I go through the Bible every year. Just, that's just what I need. I need that lamp, that lamp. And I grab my lamp, my lantern. Cindy saw my Through the Bible in a Year Bible recently, and she said, good grief, Jeff, this is falling apart. And I said, yeah, but I'm not. Right? Hallelujah. This is the way every one of us ought to be walking around every day. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we lift our hands to Jesus? And just say, Jesus, I thank you for your goodness, for keeping me in this dark hour. Help America be delivered from darkness, confusion, and foolishness. Return us to sanity by returning us to the Word and to Christ. And we thank you for it, Father. I ask some prayers to come down right now. Would you prayers? I just need a few prayers to come and stand here. Amen. How many of you have ever drifted and the Word got you quickly home again? Amen. That's right. How many of you needed this today? Amen. Uh, And if you're offended by anything that I said, listen, I just quoted the Bible. This wasn't Jeff talking. Uh, I just quoted the Bible. And I didn't give you the worst part of Romans 1. Oh, I held back. If you want to read something really stout, Go home and read Romans 1 in the Living Bible, the NLT, some real easy to understand. And it's, 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 it'll make you blush. I went easy on you. Oh, yeah. So, Lord, thank you for your word. Help us. Now, let's lift our hands and say this with me, dear church. 
Say, Lord, today, I sincerely pray, help me to be a lamp person, a believer who every day picks up the lamp of God's word and commits to it and submits to it and lets it shine throughout the day in front of every step I take. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.